If you are a businesswoman working to amplify your six and seven figure business from success to significance, then you know it's not just about the right strategies or the right tactics. It's more and more about high caliber people around you, your team, your collaborators, and advisors that can open doors for you and widen your reach. Welcome to your Circle of Influence podcast with your hosts, Dr. Monica Ogando and Amy Walker. Welcome back, everyone, to your Circle of Influence. I'm your co-host, Amy Walker. And I'm Dr. Monica Ogando. Now, when we, so you guys know the behind the scenes, when yes. we're deciding what we want to talk about on the podcast, we have mm-hmm. this brainstorm sheet where we all go like, well, we all, me and you go in <laughs> and put our ideas down of things that we want to talk about. Yes. And then we look at it and we kind of each think of on our own some ideas around that topic. So today's topic is um, dark feminine secrets for high achieving leadership. And I looked at that and I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about there, Monica. <laughs> and I showed it to my husband. He's like, that sounds like some kind of like kinky, spicy romance book or something like, what are you guys doing on today's episode? <laughs> so, <laughs> right. um, I did say though, Monica, I was like, that's okay. Half the time, I don't know what Monica's talking about. I just go with it because I know it always ends up good in the end <laughs> and we get there. So I got to work on my clarity. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So tell me about these dark feminine secrets <laughs> for high achieving leader. Okay. Leaders. All right. So listen, <laughs> all jokes aside, <laughs> there's, there's this, I'm going to assert that there is this unconscious bias, this internalized misogyny that has become normalized in our culture for men and women alike. Now hear me out. How many times have we said, um, you know, when you're, when you're saying something or when you've seen something, et cetera, and you're moved to tears mm-hmm. or you're having an emotional moment, you apologize for it or preface mm-hmm. it. Like, oh, I'm about to get emotional. Like somebody has to brace themselves because, oh my Lord, you're having a human emotion. <laughs> right. I've been actually writing about this a lot in my book lately. Huh? Um, my third book that it just came out in the end of January. It's the third book in the series. And it, the whole series. It's a dystopian thriller, but a lot of it is uh, a story of feminine leadership. And so in this third book, she really, my main character really is in her space as a leader and she's fighting against feeling the need to apologize Mm -hmm. when men wouldn't expect it of each other, Mm -hmm. but they expected of her that she needs to apologize. And she feels like she needs to apologize. And also how, you know, a man showing a display of emotion, it's moving and it's passion. Mm-hmm. But a woman showing a display of emotion is seen as weakness. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I hundred percent agree with you. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's certain things that are associated with the feminine that we castigate in this society, that we penalize, or that we shy away from because we don't want to be associated with those negative connotations. So if we associate it with being weak, if we associate it with being vulnerable, if we associate it with being unhinged, I mean mm-hmm. the word hysterical comes from the you know the greek etymology is about feminine parts mm-hmm. and so uh since we don't want to be associated with that we shy away from the feminine now if you notice just in mother nature and even in our own anatomy our own reproductive system for example 
um, is internal. It's hidden. It's in the dark. And the most um, important work, let's say just with the whole furthering the human race, <laughs> just having babies, right? <laughs> um, the most important work happens in the dark mm-hmm. inside of your reproductive organs. In fact, if you don't let that happen, none of the future stages of life are available. It has to grow in the dark long enough. The baby has to grow in the dark long enough in order for it to be viable outside the uterus. Mm-hmm. And once it is outside the uterus, it still needs f- bonding with the mother in order for it to exist. Mm-hmm. You can't have a baby out here or an infant out here, no touch, no breast, no milk. It won't happen. It right. needs that nurturing. It needs that skin skin contact, et cetera. And so the darkness of the feminine has been castigated and has been ostracized in our cu- current culture. And we're now seeing a movement away from that negative connotation and more embracing of it. Now, in terms of like feminine archetypes, we are very familiar with the mother archetype, mm-hmm. even though it ha- we've reduced it to a trope of you know, being nurturing and being always available, almost martyrdom. There's another yeah. aspect of motherhood too that is very uh, fierce, protector. Oh yeah, mess with my, like in an emergency, mm-hmm. we are on it when it comes to our families. Yes, there's. I saw a clip of um, Reese Witherspoon accepting an award about women of the year or something like that. And she was saying that um, in almost all the scripts that she read, the woman turns to the man, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's clueless. Have you ever known a woman in a crisis talk about what are we going to do? She's the one right. that springs into action, right? <laughs> it's like, what? This isn't even accurate. So, so in the same way, we have these negative stereotypes or, uh, of these archetypes. And so there's mother archetype. And we kind of have it like the Virgin Mary and just very abnegation and very giving and sacrificial or whatever. But then there's this other aspect of it, the fierce protector. The, the don't mess with me, right? It's almost mm-hmm. like grandmotherly, like the next level of mother, the crone, the grandmother, that's kind of like, you don't come over here with this mess. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the feminine archetype. It's like you straighten up your tie, you, you straighten up your, your, your back and you don't curse around her. You don't use profanity. You know, like you, you have that mm-hmm. level of discipline and awareness around this feminine presence, right? Then there's the, the lover archetype, but people reduce it to like the whore or the prostitute. Mm-hmm. In for Aphrodite, for Venus, for Oshun, it's way bigger than that. Those archetypes are about abundance and pleasure and acceptance of what is. Yeah. The unconditionality of what is. It's not like everything goes like hedonism. It's acceptance like you're fine the way you are and I can meet you where you are. It's mm-hmm. way more healing, more Christological than reducing it to a prostitute archetype or a trope, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have like the... Um, the the visionary archetype like artemis is the goddess of war in in roman culture um like um lakshmi like the the goddess of arts and sciences and so this idea of of being able to be a strategist mm-hmm. like the goddess of war would be the goddess you know um the genius and strategy is not something that we typically associate with the feminine Oh, I totally think we're better at that because the thing is when a man is creating a vision, he has such a linear view that that's why you have colonization. Yes. 
And he's clear um, about the result. He's clear about the destination, yeah. but he don't know how to get there. But not clear about how to create wins for multiple people in That's multiple right. situations. Exactly and so it. it's like one thing is one at the expense of another. Yes. And when a woman steps into the role of the visionary, she is creating multi-layered wins. Yes. And sometimes it takes longer to get there. Right. It's it not does, always but it's also sustainable. It's more sustainable. Yeah. Think of it like the, the seed of an apple tree. The only thing the seed of an apple tree can do is produce more apples. Mm -hmm. But the garden in which you plant that apple tree can produce orange trees and lemon trees and like other, mm -hmm. you know, there's there's a biodiversity that exists with Mother Nature that isn't available with just one seed. Right. So in the same way, these dark feminine secrets that we're about to get into in this in this podcast is about accessing the aspects of your femininity that may not be popular or accepted or talked about in the way that that we just mentioned, you know, in terms of society, but that you can harness for your results. So I have four archetypes for you that I want to talk about. The first one is that mother archetype that we just mentioned. That mother archetype um, associated with the planting season <laughs> is... The dark side of the mother is like the overbearing, the overprotective, mm -hmm. the helicopter mom, but also like the fierce defender and protector. The don't mess with my babies. Right. Yep. So you have to be that fierce with the children of your own vision, meaning your business is a child of your vision. Your uh, abundance and your money is a is a child of that vision is a result of that vision. Right. So. Can you be a fierce protector and defender of those children like you would be of your biological children? Can, can some external threat come over here to your, to your business, to your team, to your marriage? And you'd be like, no, not on my watch. Insert GIF mm -hmm. of Iyanla <laughs> slamming on the table going, not on my watch, right? So that you've got to give yourself permission to, to be that fierce defender, to be that fierce protector. That's the first archetype about the mother. You know, I just had this conversation with a client of mine who was, he's trying to negotiate a deal uh, and the owner of the other company is a woman and there, she was trying to control everything in the deal. Mm -hmm. And he was really frustrated with this. And I was like, no, let me tell you what's actually happening right here. What's happening is you're coming across mama bear who is needing to protect this business that she has built and she's mothering her business right now. Yeah. So you can't go in and say, she, you know, she's trying to control everything. She's trying to protect mm -hmm. and you've got to show her that you are also in alignment with protecting the things that matter most to her. If you want to get this deal done. And he looked at me like I, he was like, mind blown. Yes. <laughs> he just had never thought of it this way. In his mind, it was this overly emotional woman who was getting scared yeah. and was trying to, you know, control everything because she was showing up in like this sense of witchiness almost. And it was like, no, that's not, you're missing it. You're totally missing it. I'm so glad that you were there for that moment because that deal could have gone south because somebody else was leaning into their unconscious bias. It's, it's what I'm saying about the, the, you know, mm -hmm. the castigating those, that the feminine aspect, right? So I'm glad that you also mentioned about the witchiness because that's the next archetype that I'm going to go into, which is the crone or the Kali character. Now, if you've seen Kali in pictures, the goddess Kali in the Hindu tradition, she has a chain around her neck of skulls and it looks scary. And she's got this 
that her tongue is hanging out and it's all bloodied and red and she's got multiple arms and she's just kind of like hang, handling everything and she looks scary she looks like mess with me if you want to she's like the epitome of fafo i'll leave you to find out what that means <laughs> um but here's the thing that she's only scary to her adversaries mm-hmm. to her children they're relieved she's there kind of like the grandmother energy you know mom can be running around and she can be a little whatever but when grandma gets here like grandma is like a steadfast presence traditionally i'm talking archetypally now i'm not talking about your grandmother i'm sure you guys have personal stories (laughs) i'm talking archetypally um archetypically so the kali energy is that clearing energy it's kind of like let's keep the main thing the main thing we're going to clear out all this other stuff Stop talking this mess. Don't bring me that extra bullshit. Excuse my French. And, and there's a seriousness about that. There's a, um, what makes it scary is like, oh my God, what, what will be revealed after all this clearing? What if grandma comes and starts looking under my bed, the mess that I've hidden away so that, it, <laughs> that you know, the room looks tidy, but when she starts looking, it's like, what? No, we're going to clean this for real. Right. And what this means for you in terms of your leadership, it means you have to get that level committed to the rigor that your integrity requires, to the, rig- to the meticulousness that your excellence requires. There are some times when we, we have to admit it, admit it. Just, you don't have to say it. You don't have to leave it on the comments, but just admit it to yourself. There's some times when you're phoning it in. And the thing is that high achieving leaders typically have more greatness in their pinky finger than a lot of people have in like half of their body. So you can afford to phone it in and it still looks amazing. Mm -hmm. But you and I both know that you're phoning it in. And so the Kali character, the Kali uh, archetype allows you to clear the decks as it were for you to be able to say, this is what my truth is. This is what I got to get rid of. I have to fire this team member. I have to say no to this project. I have to step up and get up at such and such time so that I can finish this um, you know, chapter <laughs> that I committed to mm-hmm. writing or whatever the case may be. It's the, it's not sexy. It's like, it's associated also with the winter season. So it's like, it's dark, it's barren, it's cold. It's not fun at all, but it's the clear, the clarity that is required and the clearing that is required for mm-hmm. the blooming season, which is what comes next. And that's associated with Venus and Oshun and, um, um, Aphrodite, right? And so there's this lover energy of the blooming season, the springtime, and everything mm-hmm. is just so pretty and it's just so amazing and it's pleasure and it's joy. And it's like, oh, finally, we can like get rid of these sweaters and start looking cute <laughs> and come out and have our little mimosas for brunch. Okay, come out, you know? Now, that pleasure part of it is the, the it doesn't sound very dark feminine, but here's what's true about Oshun. Here's what's true about the Venus and the Aphrodite character and and the archetype is I just mentioned earlier about being able to accept things where they are. So after all that clearing, what happens when you look under the bed and you're like, oh my God, this is a mess. Mm -hmm. Oshun is ashamed about it. That's, that's, the, that's where the reductive thing about the whore archetype or the prostitute archetype, you think it's like shameless hedonistic sex. No, mm-hmm. it's shameless hedon- It's shameless creation. It's acceptance of, okay, you got a mess under your bed. Oh, okay. You didn't make the money that you said that you were going to make. Oh, okay. You sold out. 
you were trying to be nice to that person on your team instead of actually making the cuts that you needed to. Okay, got it. Mm -hmm. It's that acceptance. Now that it's clear, let's own it. And now that we own it, now we can move forward. Now we can create a new strategy. Now that we can recommit, that's where the visionary, that's where the strategist comes in. What do we do with this? So what, now what? And that dark feminine secret of the visionary or the strategist sometimes can be reduced. Again, we make this, the negative connotations of it. Like she's a manipulator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, that she's, she's just kind of like concocting this thing. Working all the angles. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's true that she's working all the angles, but not to your detriment. It's so that this vision can, can bring forth. It's right. so that you can get to the objective that you said mattered. And so this part of the feminine, which says, what do I have to do? Do I have to hike up my skirt in order for you to pay attention to me? Do I have to show cleavage in this meeting? <laughs> there's no judgment on that. There's no, there's no uh, um, shame of the feminine in that. The best example that I can think of in, in modern culture right now is the Beth Dutton character in Yellowstone. We're not going to talk about her emotional wounds. I'm talking about her ability to walk into a room and own it because she knows she's going to go in there. She's going to get what she's going to get. I came here with an objective. I'm going to walk out with an objective. And I don't care how I have to redesign myself to make it happen. I might have to bust a lip. I might have to flirt. I might have to suffer through a dinner, but we're going to get it done. And that's the strategist. And so when you can, when you can build all of this and integrate all of this in a way that feels authentic and an integrity to you, I'm not asking you to prostitute yourself. I've made the distinction that that's not what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. But what I am asking for is for you to own the aspects of yourself that even though they're not celebrated in this society are part of the feminine um, structure for manifesting those objectives. It's not just the masculine muscle that you get to put in the game. It's that feminine muscle too, including those things that are hidden from view. That's where your power lies. Because a lot of times people don't see you coming. And that's well, and you know, what's interesting is I personally get better results with men when I show up in my feminine energy versus yeah. when I try to meet them and match them in their masculine energy. Right. Um, now I know also that I am in a totally different situation than women who are dealing in corporate. Mm -hmm. Um, and I get to create a lot of my own context and honestly, nobody gets in to spend time in my space without paying me for it. So they tend to listen better. So I know that is not entirely an accurate portrayal of what we got going on in the world. But (laughs) what I do want to bring out is that we're smart enough to package things however they need to be packaged in order to have them be accepted and heard, right? Like we are smart enough. Mm -hmm. I think for me, the heart of this conversation is, am I embracing all of the parts of my feminine energy or am I shying away from them because I am afraid that they will be misconstrued or misseen Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, or that they feel sometimes unsafe? Like if you think about the number of women that have been sexually abused or assaulted or, um, harassed, no wonder it doesn't feel safe to bring out that, um, temptress energy. Mm -hmm. It's sometimes there are pieces of the puzzle that we've had experiences that have told us it's not safe to be in that space. And so 
as we evolve, you know, in our personal growth and personal evolution, my takeaway from this is I want to look at all of those different areas and see, and I, I have a really good friend who sometimes will reach out and she'll be like, Hey, are how's your temptress energy today? You know, like, <laughs> do you need to flirt? Do you need to play? Like, what have you got going on? And it's mm-hmm. always good to have those kinds of friends who just like check in on you with yes. random intuition. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it inevitably when she reaches out with that, I'm very much stuck in like warrior, warrior mom energy. And right. it's like, oh yeah. Okay. I'm getting out of balance because if you spend too much time in one side of your divine feminine, um, you, you do, it can, it can trigger you into masculine, Mm -hmm. um, because it's out of balance and masculine energy is simpler. So it is, it just is simpler. And so sometimes it's really tempting just to stay there Mm -hmm. rather than have to figure out how to maneuver all of these. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. And then that allows you to, um, to your point about the strategist and the temptress is like, if you, you can actually, you, instead of fighting this part of the lover, like the acceptance thing, instead of fighting that somebody has an unconscious bias against you, use it. Mm-hmm. You already see it. Instead of resenting it, make it part of your toolbox. Make it work for you. Oh, you, you think I'm just a bimbo? Okay, let's work that out. See, Dolly Parton will be known for a hundred years <laughs> because she leveraged the bimbo. It's like, this, that's, that's not who I am, but I don't need to prove that to you. Uh-huh. Kind of like how Beyonce said in her song, but you know, always stay gracious. Best revenge is your paper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So I hope that this was useful. Yes. And not a spicy romance book. So <laughs> I, <guess. laughs> I will report back to Stephen Walker. <laughs> that's hilarious. We would love to hear if this was helpful for you. So leave us a message. Connect with us on Instagram. I'm at Amy Walker Coach and Monica is at Monica Ogando. We honestly love watching you guys engage with the podcast. We love looking at the downloads, not because it's like all about the numbers, but because it's like, oh my gosh, people are growing. They're experiencing, they're learning, they're joining the conversation. And and truly, I believe that every successful woman needs to cultivate their circle of influence. And we're just grateful to be a part of yours. So connect, come back next time. Yes. Thank you, everybody. We love you. 